0: Book of Matthew, chapter eleven verses one through six. Now, when Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, <laughs> I guess I should hold that up. Shouldn't it me? helps. He went on from there to teach and proclaim his message in their cities. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, "Are you the one who is to come?" or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with a skin disease are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. I, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Trevor. I'm the pastor here, and I just want to welcome you here. And uh, I really hope that you are you feel comfortable here, and I hope you feel welcomed here. And most of all, I, I hope that you feel uh, God's love here. That's what this is all about. Uh, we get a refresher every week to uh, re-engage and re uh, uh, visit our mission statement of loving God, loving ourselves, and loving our neighbor. And then we, our, our duty is to take that outside with us and share that with the rest of the world. So uh, I don't know how far you're traveling, but the rest of the world is a big space. So it's, get, get cracking. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this passage here. J- John the Baptist had spent much of his adult life announcing... That somebody was coming. Now John was a very, very devout person. So much so that he didn't—he—he he threw away all material goods. He threw away all of the, the 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 comforts of home. He lived out in the desert. They say that he ate bugs. Um, probably bad breath. I'm pretty sure. Probably just really atrocious breath. But that's why he preached from a distance, and he always had water around him. But he told people repeatedly. That the chosen one, the Messiah, was coming. And that was his job. He knew that from, from basic birth. He knew that his job was to tell people that the thing that they had been waiting for thousands of years is finally happening. And the people of Israel knew that he was talking about, because they had read all of the, the, uh, the, what we call the Old Testament now, they had all the traditions, they had all the teachings, they knew that what he, when, when he said the Messiah was coming, they knew that something was happening, uh, something really special was happening. And one of the things that John loved to talk about is he would say, uh, be prepared. And he'd kind of give these uh, little sermons like, straighten up, because uh, God is coming. Uh, The Son of God is coming. The Messiah is coming. Uh, He will divide people. He will uh, pick the chosen ones. He will uh, uh, look at the things that you're doing. And so he was building this huge fervor. And he himself, while he was preaching this, was very excited about this. This was, it came down to this. This was the thing that he had been waiting for. Like many Israelites, this is the thing that the moment that he wanted to happen. He knew that everything was about to change. And that was so important to him. It was such a thrill to him knowing that finally the bad guys are going to get theirs. And he, he, like many other people, was really looking forward to this. If you look at the time that John is uh, talking, the Israelites, once a huge, uh, powerful presence, they had been reduced to mere peasants, uh, in some cases slaves. They were uh, part of a Roman empire that continually repressed them. And so they were treated like the scum of the earth. It wasn't a proud moment. They were allowed the religion under certain circumstances, but it wasn't a proud time. It was a time when they felt like they needed to one day have theirs, and they would talk about these in, 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 their, in their worship and everything, in their readings. They would talk about this one, this proud time that they once had, this, this time when they ruled. They were the kings. They were the ones that, that set the tone for the rest of the world. And it was this moment that they were hoping would be coming back with this Messiah, this, this kingdom, that many of people thought that, okay, what's going to happen is this guy's going to come from the land. Lineage of King David, a great warrior. This guy fought many things and he did a lot of stuff there and he, he, he helped kind of pave the way. This second coming, this, this Messiah here, this, this, this is going to be another King David and it's going to be able to wipe us out the enemies and we're going to rule once again. And a lot of people, that's, that was their measurement. They thought that that was what's going to happen. And I wonder sometimes if, he, if even John the Baptist thought that that might be the thing that was going to happen. Because if you listen to things that he's talking about, he's talking about, you know, that he's going to weed out the chaff, he's going to, he's going to, you know, he's going to forge a way, and you better straighten up because this warrior is coming. Now we jump ahead a little bit. John, uh, he liked to confront people, and people in power hate to be <laughs> confronted. Uh, and he confronted the wrong person, and he finds himself in jail, just at the time that the the Messiah, Jesus, is really taking his ministry off on a storm. And so imagine, if you will, John is sitting in prison. Now, the prison's there. I, I use the chair, but they they would not be uh, afforded such a luxury. Uh, Many times, uh, prisons there were holes in the ground. Uh, They were um, the worst of the worst. And John is sitting there, and he hears uh, rumors from people of what Jesus is doing. Now imagine you spent your adult life preaching that this is going to happen. The king is coming. This is going to happen. And now you're sitting, you're sitting in prison. Probably not something that you expected to happen, that you would be the one that would be in prison. You were announcing, weren't you on the good side? And now you are sitting here and nothing is happening. And he starts to wonder just as many of us would. is this really the guy? He starts to go back at all the times that he was preaching and all the time that he was baptizing people and all the time that he was getting ready for the king. And it, it feels to him like nothing's happened. I mean, he hears that, yeah, he's walking around and he's he's eating over there. And I, I hear he they saw him at the Denny's and... Uh, you know, uh, he loves the superstack, stack, uh, which is weird because there's only two at the time, but he went boom, and then suddenly it's a superstack First miracle. Um, but he's hearing, you know, nothing about Rome falling. He's, he's not hearing anything about people in power um, shaking and trembling. He's not hearing anything about, you know, the, the rise of Israel once again. And so, if it, was, if it was you, if you were the one that was doing, your job was to announce the coming of the king, and then you're, you find yourself truly sitting in your own filth, uh, sometimes very, very cold at night, would you start to wonder if maybe you got it wrong? It could happen to even somebody like John the Baptist, somebody that is a biblical hero. But keep in mind that whoever we're talking about, other than Christ himself, whoever we're talking about in the Bible, were human beings. And just like us, they had the feelings that we have. They had the, uh, the skills that we have. They had the flaws that we have. They had the positivity. They had the doubt. Whatever you're feeling, they have felt it too. And so John the Baptist, it's pretty easy to imagine that he is feeling, did I make a mistake? What have I done? What have I told people? I told people that it was going to be a kingdom. I told people that it was going to be immense power. And now, now I can't even get a bite to eat. I'm living the worst of the worst, and I'm not hearing much that's happening out there. Now John still had his disciples. He still had his followers during this time. He still had his close-knit people, and they would visit him through sometimes it depends on the, the prison that we're talking about. Sometimes it would be, a, uh, in, in many cases, Roman prisons and things like that. but this was it's, I don't want to be historically inaccurate, but a lot of times it's a hole in the ground and people would talk through uh, the hole, and you'd be down there and talking up at him. And they're visiting John, and they can tell that he's distraught, and they can tell that he's had a lot to think about. And he asked them, go and see this Jesus. And ask him, are you the one? Now, that right there, if, you're, if you have been called to be the one, to announce the one, that is a lesson in humility. We, we look at it as John actually questioning, and it is John questioning, but it's a hard question to ask when you have thought that you brought in the king to actually say, can you go back to him and just say, are you really the guy? Are you really the one that was called? Or are we supposed to wait for another? Uh, this was no question of John's loyalty. It was not a question of John's Uh, wanting to continue what his ministry was. It just truly was. These are hard times. Does Jesus exist? Anybody been there? There have been times, even in my ministry, you know, I think that faith is, we often think of it as this upward climb, and then we reach this pinnacle, and we all be that's when we start wearing the robes, and you know, we grow the beard real long, and we start, you know, chanting and stuff. But the, it's more like a roller coaster, it always will be. And there have been times that during those dips, that even I have asked, Is Christ the one? Because you see things around you, you know. And that's exactly what John was asking. And so his disciples they go and they find Jesus at the Denny's. He loved that place. <laughs> and he's they go up to him and they they re, they, re, they re, replay this question of John. They say, "Are John wants to know? Are you the one?" Or do we need to wait for someone else? And Jesus, again, acts completely unkinglike. Because a king, if you had the audacity to ask that question, would throw it right back in your face. How dare you ask that question of me? Do you not know the powerful man that I am? But he doesn't. I, I truly picture it that Jesus, you know, is sitting there eating a super stack and has this kind of just grin on his face because he knows that the things that John kind of expected were not the true things that God had in, plan, had, had in mind for us. And so he goes to his disciples and he says, tell them, go back to tell John this, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with skin disease are cleansed, the deaf are hearing, they said what? He said, the deaf are hearing, (laughs) the dead are raised. And the poor have good news brought to them. Now, we know that when Jesus talks about poor, he's not just talking about economics. He's talking about poor in spirit, poor in the heart, people that have suffered. What Jesus is saying is that this is what the kingdom looks like. It's not, it's not the grandiose mountains, it's, it's not the grandiose uh, buildings, it's, it's not the power, it's not the people in charge. It actually doesn't even matter about that. What matters is that people on the outside are being welcomed in. People that have uh, something that is, they are suffering with, they're he- being healed and those that are poor, economically, or poor in spirit, or suffering from emotional distress, they're receiving the good news. Now, what does that mean, the good news? That doesn't. Jesus isn't saying, you know, those that are poor, I just gave them 50 bucks. Those that are poor in spirit, I cured them like that. He's saying... They are receiving the good news, meaning that even during the hard times, what they're hearing is, I, God, am walking with you. That's the good news. That's what this whole thing is about. That's why we're here. I know the donuts are great, but what we're really here to talk about is that Christ is in our lives. Christ walks with us, and that's the good news that the poor in spirit have heard. When we talk about Jesus, when we tell the world about Christ, do we use this example or do we use something else? I I saw footage of something. It was, you know, it was TikTok, so I only gave it like two seconds, you know, and I just passed through. But it was, uh, they had... Uh, pyrotechnics on the stage, you know, and the, things were blowing up and everything like that. And then they announced this guy walking out, you know, and he was uh, supposed to be talking about Christianity and everything. But what he was talking about was, was not this. He was talking about the things that John maybe thought, like power, the, the strength, uh, overthrowing others, and being right. But the thing that Jesus, to prove to John that he is the Messiah, this is what John's asking. Can you prove that you're the Messiah? And this is what Jesus answers. This is what proves that I am the Messiah. This is what proves that I'm the chosen one. This is what proves that God incarnate on earth is here. This is what proves it. Are we noticing the things that aren't on this list that are still plaguing our world today? Are we noticing the things that we fight for, like like power and overthrowing and strength and all of this kind of stuff, mistrust and winning the argument and all this kind of stuff, or do we truly focus on this? When we tell the world that we are Christian, do we show that by this, by helping people when they're down? by inviting people, by showing people that God loves them. This seems pretty simple. I mean, I haven't raised the dead, not in a while. But, uh, well, there was one time I was pretty sick. But um, do we truly talk about this? The invitation, the comforting, the welcoming. And do we truly measure Christ in our own lives by this? Are we waiting for grandiose miracles? Or when we are down, do we still receive the good news? Are we open to it? Do we know that Christ is in our life even during those times when we feel poor? I love how he ends it with this. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. What he's saying there is he knows that uh, some people are going to want the overthrow of Israel and the, or the overthrow of the, the Rome and the rise of Israel and all this kind of stuff. Some people are going to be offended that that's the answer I gave. Some people are still offended that that's the answer he gave. When we measure our Christianity and we measure it uh, by this, some people, they don't like that. They like those explosions and the bells and the whistles and the power and all of that kind of stuff. Do we give them this? John never got out of prison. His life never got comfortable after that. But I do have the faith that when he got that answer, he felt joy. I pray that when we walk this world, and when we do go back out there in that, in that scary, scary world out there, that we take that list with us. And we ask ourselves, uh, how do we see Jesus in our lives? Do we see people being helped? Do we see people being cared for? Do we see people being welcomed in? And most importantly, do we see the poor in whatever definition? Are we receiving the good news? Not that you deserve it, not the, you know, you, well, you should have done this. But just, if we just walk this earth knowing God loves us. They didn't know it then, and some of us don't know it yet. But that really is powerful. More powerful than any that we could ever imagine. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, like John, we are sometimes in doubt, sometimes we have questions. I feel that John gives us permission to be okay asking those questions, to wonder. May we continue to hear and seek the answers, the true answers. The true answers to our many questions. May we continue to hear from you and may we continue to feel the good news. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The world can sometimes be a scary place, sometimes can be a confusing place. There are times when even in a body of a church, we're going to disagree on things. There's going to be times when we um, debate. There's going to be times when we don't even seem to get along. And Christ is in all of those times. When we leave here today, may we remember that, that Christ is with us. Christ is part of the good news. And the biggest message that Christ is saying to us is love each other. May we love each other. May we love each other. Love God, love yourself, love your neighbor.